0: it depends from one city to another cities but if you like zoom out and look at the planet you see like it's the shift is more towards cities for people going from this modernism and cars very slow very slow to more like giving space back to people
1: welcome to the urbanista where we discuss the water management challenges of nordic cities from safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments, here is your host, Delphine Vesalo. Hey, welcome back urbanistas. The world or urban planning has never been so full of hot topics. Hey, sustainability, water scarcity, 15-minute city, placemaking going stronger than ever, social inequality. How many things... Urban design professionals need to be on top of to develop these livable cities of the future. Well, our guest today has been at the forefront of these discussions, discussing all these topics, but hey, not just discussing these topics with many different urban practitioners from all over the globe, but recording those conversations. 416 conversations, to be precise. So,
0: who are you and what do you do? So hello, and um, I'm Mustafa Sharif. I'm an urban planner with the love to with the love in making cities for people. And uh, I had no connection with city planning, but uh, once I watched uh, a video of young Gail uh, when I was young and then that's how everything started about making cities for people and what I do anything possible when it comes to making cities from urban planning from community engagement from placemaking from a lot a lot of things from recording conversation and, and sharing with our colleagues within city making so they can also be part of this uh, movement so i do a lot of things but i'm an urban planner would love to make city for people
1: right so in case in case for our audience in case you didn't know yet who Mustafa is, as he explained, yes, he's a professional urban planner, but also he is the host of his own podcast, Urbanistica Podcast. And that's what I was meaning, that he has discussed and he has interviewed many people and uh, collaborating to this effort of sharing the knowledge, really for the benefit of, of everybody. So, I mean, including myself, Mustafa, with your voice, you are inspiring. You are such an inspiration for so many people. But I'm, I was wondering, what inspires Mustafa to keep going on?
0: Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm blushing. Uh, what inspires me is when I see, like when I walk in the cities and I see families, children, people are happy when they are out in the city. And then I know that we, as urban designers and planners, we made and designed good things that make people happy, that we give them better quality of life. So when I see this, I get energy. So when I go back to office and start to work or record a podcast, I know. Our product changed people life and make it better. So this energy comes from uh, people. From the people, well, better
1: inspiration than people. Um, can you share any, any, I don't know if it's personal story or maybe a project, whatever you whatever you are you're, you're willing to share that has Significantly influenced this in, in, in your career and your career as
0: city maker. Yeah, actually, it was uh, like in the beginning of my career, um, I started to work on this child friendly city approach. Mm-hmm. And then we we went to a school, and we I talked with children to to understand like how they move in the area, uh, their dreams, needs, and so on. And I remember like I was. Kind of crying during the dialogue with the kids and then afterward, because like I saw kids, they had uh, problems, uh, physical problems and because they didn't have so much space to move in the daily life, not in the schoolyard because it was very little, not even in the area because uh, there was no place. The place was for like for parking cars or other logistic things, no playgrounds and so on. And the teacher told me like they are suffering physically because the urban space is not giving them the chance to move or to exercise and so on. Then I went back like to the office and I like it was a shock for me, like how how planners and designers affecting the, the, the now generation, next generation. And then I, I, I have to say I promised myself I will change this at least how as much as I can. And this has affected me a lot because then I saw the impact of what we do how much danger we can create and how much or how much good quality of life we can create as designers. Uh, so this project was very special for me. And every time now I'm going to school for the dialogue, I'm afraid, I, 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 I hope that I will not see what I saw in the beginning. So I have like a kind of phobia. Oh, kind of phobia. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because when, when you are elaborating on a list how, how come we don't have these type of spaces where the children can go and have a good time and, and, and engage with the other friends, with the community? Uh, I have the feeling and we, have, we are seeing it in our different uh, cities, that the main thing or the main thinking when this designed city has not been the people, uh, let alone the children. So most of our cities are designed by mobility. Yeah. based on cars, based yeah. on many other, but not really on people, is that what, you, what you're seeing? So what, what, what happened? How, how did we came here?
0: Of course, like it's a, it's a very sad story because like many of us enjoying the old cities, you know, like uh, when we walk because, the, because of the scale, because of the different functions, because the life in these uh, old towns, but what happened to us like 70 years ago or 60, 70 years ago when uh, come the modernism, the vehicle, the cars, and we start to, to dream about the city like this kind of uh, modernism. When you have one person uh, with a vision deciding on and assuming people's life and cities and so on, and usually this person uh, could be an architect, traffic engineer, and so on. Uh, in that time, there was nothing like, okay, how about people Oh no, no, we were like super happy with cars and okay, let's go for this shape. Let's go, for, let's separate like uh, this kind of functions and so on, which let like we were focusing a lot on material and, and cars and forget people. That's why we end up here like, and it's so sad because my everyday job is to fix the problems of what planners before us created
1: because what i'm thinking is that all the things that you may be doing and and people like you with with a forward thinking vision is okay let's innovate let's let's create innovative projects that are better for for ourselves for the future of our children but it seems that i don't know if you agree innovation in these terms is going back to where our cities were before all this industrial revolution or all this massive uh, invasion of cars or so is the innovation like going to the old model
0: yeah I, I mean it depends like with innovation we want some like some change that that uh, make our life easier at the same time we save resources and we ha- we make it like a positive change so if this innovation means that we should go back in time to what to how life was is good then that's fine or go back in the, to the future and make it good, that's very fine. So it doesn't matter like where, what is the direction, but what matters is like we need to fix the problems we have now in our cities. Which are the
1: core problems or the problems that are more close to you, the ones that you really
0: want to collaborate to fix? Like Because I'm focusing a lot on social sustainability aspect. Mm-hmm. No? three sustainabilities, like economical, ecological, and social. So for me, it's like these social segregations in in our cities. I'm speaking now, I'm based in Stockholm. So for me, this is like very relevant here in Stockholm. And also like this, how to make the city livable during different time in the day, during different days and different seasons. So for me, like these two are the main challenges that I'm facing and I'm also working on.
1: The main challenges you mentioned, actually, you mentioned one of the, one of the words or the key words that it's on, on the mouth of, of many people. While we are developing our cities, we want to make them sustainable, mm-hmm. sustainability and all the environmental topics that you may imagine that come, that come to, uh, come to mind. So what what are these, what are these principles of sustainability that you are, that you go
0: by? Yeah, when it comes to social sustainability, it's about like uh, including people, like different people from different ages, backgrounds uh, and disciplines and so on. Uh, Because like uh, if you look at the 17 development goals, we have Mm for 11 sustainable cities and communities. And then also like other goals also included when it comes to cities. So uh, what we work on a lot like okay how do we include people from different genders backgrounds um, ages and so on and also like how do we include people with the physical challenges and how do we include people with mental health challenges as well so this is this is together with them we try to create this sustainable social sustainable city or community. And of course with that we need a lot of kind of finances, we need the, the built environment, we need architecture to create this, how to say, this arena so the social aspect can flourish. Because one of the things and,
1: uh, and we have discussed this in the uh, in the past, with with all the guests, uh, with Babi Rabio, actually, that you you may remember, where the foundation is whatever we build for the public space needs to be built with sustainable materials. Okay, what do we understand by that? Renewable materials. In in, in her case, that he uses, he uses, she uses a lot of wood. Um, so from that point of view, from the materials that we use in, or well, maybe you are putting. In the specifications of whatever project you are you are working on, so how how big of a role plays this, including sustainable materials?
0: Of course, like uh, it's it's usually when we when we speak about sustainability, uh, we should work with all the three aspects. Uh, with economy, it should be like okay, this is a healthy economy, so circular economy. When it comes to material, of course, this is like the prior okay, to find the sustainable material, but even if we scale up, this shouldn't be on the cause of this planet somehow, or at least minimize the danger or the damage that we are causing. and then when it comes to the social also like this trying to have inclusion in in the space but the 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 sustainable material this is like the main the big question is happening now when it comes to urban design because we are okay. We, there is, we already find a way, okay, what are the alternative for sustainable materials? The question is, okay, how do we scale this up? How do we make it more local? And also, like, wh- what is, like, the less harmful material usage for this planet? Because in the end, when we create something new, we are taking something from something else. So, so it, we, we, we are not, how to say... We are still taking from this planet. The way you frame the whole sustainability topic,
1: I, I, if I if I catch it correctly, there are three elements: the materials, as such, as you said, yeah, what are we using? Uh, the, the economy, so how well how how do we go about financing this? And I believe for the most important aspect, what I'm listening from you, is the social aspect, because well, we are building all these cities for who? for us, for people who will live there. So having these three criteria, what we have been seeing, at least so far, please let us know, what do you see from the city governments or city municipalities in general? Are they also treating these three elements equally? From, at some point we are thinking, or from this perspective, of this side of the Baltic, it seems that it is, the only one sometimes it's the economic thing well yeah it's public money but most of the times it's just the materials I so far have not seen that the social elements plays a key role when whoever needs to decide to build yeah park whatever it is the key element for the
0: um for the project yeah um how to say I see the social aspect is like from my perspective is the important because I know there are also people advocating for the ecological for the financial so when we when you put us today, together then we form this kind of sustainability uh, of course all of them are equal like um, importance but from my side I'm more advocating for this so I see it important and when it comes to city it depends also like which city because in general, in general, it's also like economy, which is like the budget steering all how cities develops and so on. And in the first uh, as a prior criteria is like, like the economy. But then we see in some cities taking a different approach. We see Barcelona, uh, okay, working with the Barcelona Superblocks, prioritizing people mm-hmm. again, uh, welcoming people back to, to public life and so on. We see Paris now is focusing a lot so on the ecological aspect with the farming, with the greenery and so on. And then you can see other cities know it's like they are building uh, highways, uh, inviting cars and so on. So it's like there, it depends from one city to another cities. But th- if you like zoom out and look at the planet, you see like it's the shift is more towards cities for people like it's like. Going from this modernism and cars, very slow, very slow to more like giving space back to people. You put several examples of of uh, kind of emblematic
1: cities, Paris, Barcelona, of course, the, the, these mega blocks. I live in Barcelona in one of those mega blocks, I, yeah, about 20 years ago. Yeah. But within our closer... Um, circle you are sitting in Stockholm we are in this uh, in the, in the other side of the Baltic in in Helsinki it is said many times that hey the Nordic countries the Nordic cities they are so advanced and so uh, far away from everybody else but sometimes I, I don't think that is that true I mean the Nordic cities are equally old as all European cities they have very of the many of the similar problems that Berlin Rome, Uh, all all other cities. So do you see any
0: difference or what is your perspective
1: specifically
0: Um, for the Nordic cities? Very good question. And uh, the thing is that people think, uh, people have an an outdated image about the Nordic cities. Uh, I was traveling a lot, talk with people, uh, being part of big global conferences when like different countries are involved. When I hear people speaking about the Nordics, They have an image of the Nordic country from many, many years ago, Uh, but what is happening now in terms of city development or country situation or economy, it's of course at all not the same as how they see the image. So the image that people that I met at least have about Nordic is outdated and it's not matching with the reality. And Of course, every city on this planet have their challenge. There is not like a utopian city it's it and it will never exist uh, it's all every city has its own story, uh, a lot of plus uh, minus and so on uh, and From my perspective, so far, people involved in something, it will never be perfect. so there will always be good things and bad bad things. Dubai has their challenges, Roma has challenges uh, stockholm also but also, like I see, I think many of us and listeners see like usually this top 10 best cities, quality of cities to live in, uh, usually the Scandinavian cities uh, on the, in the top of this list. Yes, of course, but it's like from different filters or from different criterias, but in the ground, of course, every city has the challenges. Yeah, those, those
1: famous rankings where, as you point out, yeah, more often than not, the first, the top three, top five are invariable Nordic cities or Swiss cities
0: also. Yeah. Uh, like I can speak about Nordic cities, even in the Nordic cities, we are so much different. Like uh, Helsinki, they have their challenges, Stockholm, challenge, another challenges. Copenhagen, another. Usually people say, oh, okay, these are like happiest cities. But when you, when you come to these cities and live here, no, you see like it's just like a city like other maybe less challenges compared to other cities, but still there are many challenges.
1: Yeah, all these things about the, well, not only the city, but the the happiest country in the world that Finland has been now for six, seven years in a row. I mean, that's, I don't know, very relative. And at (laughs) least here, I can tell you Finns, every time that that comes out, they just roll their eyes and, yeah, sure, I don't know, whatever, whatever thing, there's the thinking outside, but yeah, we are happy here, but it's our own concept of happiness. But yeah, so that's, I just said that maybe a bit, uh, uh, a bit relative. So then who, which, which cities would you say are at the forefront? Which are the leaders in terms of creating more livable
0: cities? If we start to talk about leadership, Mm -hmm. the ones that you quoted. Like how to say, like in my, in my perspective, like I see what is closer to me and and I scan what is closer to me due to the energy and time and so on. I can look mostly on like Europe and, and can talk about this continent. Because I didn't explore deeply other, other countries and so on. Uh, but uh, what we have also, again, what aspect are we, are we talking about when it comes to leading? What is, is it in, in uh, tech? Is it in greenery? Is it in public transportation? Here we need to be very careful. Uh, we mm-hmm. cannot, when it comes to city, we cannot just assume what is the best city in, what is the mes, most developed city. Okay, but in what? Because cities are so much complex. Are we talking about uh, sewage and water or what? So uh, like technology, this ecosystem, Stockholm is the second after Silicon Valley. And this is a huge, but Stockholm is not the best when it comes to cycling. Then we have like uh, Copenhagen, or, Copenhagen or Rotterdam or Amsterdam. Uh, are we talking about like a placemaking, uh, this uh, tactical urbanism? Are we talking about the greenery, you know, or culture? So it, every city leading somewhere, like uh, in, in some aspect and, and taking this, this path. Uh, but there is not like a city very in the front of all other cities when it comes to, to everything putting together because it's, cities are complex. Cities
1: are very complex places. Yeah. And, uh, and now that, that you mentioned, because we know you are you are a big advocate of placemaking uh, with the, yeah with placemaking Europe that you have been, I believe, already several several years there. Um, how many people is really adopting this philosophy? How many how are we at the moment? How many and, really are, are um, um,
0: applying the principles yeah. in their in their new projects? Yeah, first shout out to the community of placemaking in Europe and and on this planet. Uh, Great people, very passionate about making uh, cities for people. When there are like how many and so on, there are a lot of people doing placemaking, but they don't know or they don't call it placemaking. They they develop a place uh, based on um, including uh, different stakeholders and so on and so on, but they don't call it maybe placemaking. So there are more than. Official placemakers, and if we are following the the method or not, depends. We, uh, some people following, but again, when you have a method and you put it on reality, there is a lot of changes needed to be adjusted uh, because of the local context, the uh, policy, stakeholders, and so on. We who are advocating for placemaking, trying to follow the entire method, because you can, I'd say, it's flexible and can fit. In, in different places and countries. So we're trying to, to stick to it. Uh, but I can imagine maybe sometimes many people due to the budget or, or policy or so on, maybe don't apply the entire method in, in, in a project. But, it's, we are to- uh, but it's, it's, it's going in on the right way. A lot of like, people start to read about it, to implement it. So it's growing and growing much more than before.
1: So one of the of the final outcomes or the, the one the, the objectives that we like to achieve when we make a place is this to foster this community engagement. Yeah. So that's and hence enhance the quality of life of those of those people there. So is there anything that you can share whether things that you have done or maybe examples that you that have been shared with you through uh Urbanistica podcast? Yeah. What could be a good example. yeah, like maybe it's a city so you don't want to call any city as the number one, but mm-hmm. yeah, inside of course. many ones, may, yeah. many of those cities any yeah. good examples that you can, that you can remember.:
0: Sure. there are a lot a lot of good examples um, like everywhere you can also read on the placemaking um, homepage, uh, the Facebook group, the podcast and so on. I can mention about the one that I work uh, working. Uh, So uh, there is a city here in Sweden and they had uh, a a challenge in a a big uh, main square when it comes to like um, unsafety due to the different reasons. Mm -hmm. So what we did is like through a placemaking method, we invited different stakeholders around this place from, from shop owners, from students, uh, from uh, the church, from uh, people living in, in the buildings and uh, from the city authorities. So we invited everyone to the table and said, this is our place. Let's co-create the vision and think together how can we re-change this square? What do we need? Why is this unsafety happening? So we understand. And what can we do together in order to... To change this uh, experience, um, and then together with them, we we uh, we come with different like um, actions, like an, an action plan in different uh, uh, seasons of the years, and there are different people responsible to make these actions happen, and we also create the kind of what do you call it? Not not association, but more like a model. Like you three take uh, pa- uh, take care of this part, you four you take care of this part. Both when it comes to financially, maintenance, also like creating a program and so on. So this is like very, for me, it's like very, it was, it was a dream project because uh, like I was part of it from, from the zero. And now like when I visit the city, including myself, I see, I feel that there is a change. There is a change happening. Even I can, I can feel it like, and when I see people around, I, they they give me like, you know, thumb up. Thumbs up. They say, "Okay, it works." But this took time, like two or three years. It's not like happening in one night. Uh, so, like place making, bringing back life to a place. As you said, there's there. There are many aspects here, and it's
1: this co-creation approach. As the name says, it's many people putting their hands together to make something happen. To have the same the same objective. Um, that I don't know how how easy is that to put together. Um depending on who I mean the main the main uh investor, of course, putting money is, is the city. And if they're from, from the city governments, they may not have that or they may not accept that. Like really, yeah, we can ask the people, and the people will ask us to have well, ten thousand things, different things, but maybe we cannot afford them. So it's I don't it's, know. I mean, we, we never want to go into politics, but sometimes we are facing this like it's it's yeah. lack of money
0: or budget, lack of willingness. Yeah, and, and and lack of money, that's very fine. This is reality uh, and that's why placemaking is a good method to work with, because sometimes. The city doesn't need to be the main one financing this. We, the, we can build a model around this place. OK, maybe this uh, property owner can share something. The The shop owners can share something. The, uh, the association maybe can do something from their part and the city. So it's always goes to, okay, how do we together build the model so this space and place can live further? Uh, because usually if one part doing everything, doing the vision, putting the budget, it will not be livable. Life is about when different people from different perspectives and backgrounds meet and do things together. So, if only one organization or one type of people, it it will not it will not uh, last for a long time. It will die in the end. I'm I'm sensing that, uh, of course, your
1: your passion to put all these all these ideas into place and to make them work really is more like also your 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 personal endeavor, should I say? Uh, how much of your personality do you think or or maybe your hobbies i don't know how many of your personal interest influence
0: the way you approach this this uh, planning these these places i mean like for me it's it's one you know like i give 100% of mustafa when i when i work in this kind of a project because like i, I believe this is my mission here uh, this is what i breathe you know like I try to create something that people can enjoy it and be happy so when it comes to this kind of projects. Um, of course, I don't force my 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 beliefs and my opinion, because in the end. As just I mentioned now, a place is not built on only one person, it will die. So so it's it's a it's a mix of different perspectives. So I put my perspective at the same time. I listen the diff, to the different perspective and see we collect. OK, what from you uh, from Delphin, from Staffa, from this organization? organization from that city. Together, we can have a, a beautiful and livable place, but only from my ideas, maybe it, it's not suitable for the people living there. So that's why I put 100% of myself to make this project happen. And part of this process is to include other perspectives. Right. So this more Yeah. is not just your own yeah, your passion, but yeah, how how does that fit yeah, there? Because because if I put only my ideas and my beliefs and my thoughts and vision, then we are doing exactly the same mistakes that back in times people mm-hmm. did in our cities. One white man deciding and um, how to say, yeah, building and making a cities and assuming people's life without even... Asking or, or or thinking or you know about how they love to be there to work to move to enjoy to sit and so on. So never repeating the mistake.
1: But he, we as humans, we continuously repeat the same mistakes for some reason. We can't. That's, we keep doing it again yeah. and again
0: and. That's very sad. It's annoying. That's why we need more people advocating for this. But okay, wake up. We shouldn't. We should stop. Do the same mistakes that we did in our cities before. Let's change this. But then one one of the examples and uh, that that I have seen when somebody comes
1: with a new approach, new ideas, call them revolutionary or not, I don't know, but with new ideas and they make sense, absolutely make sense. Uh, there's always this pushback that. Seems that since we are breaking the more, breaking the the normality and where I'm going with this is um, precisely what has been in the news in the last four or five months. The 15-Minute City, yeah, a concept developed by by, uh, Carlos Moreno, that uh, by now, well, everyone in the audience should know very well, which is a brilliant idea and there's a whole philosophy behind and, uh, and suddenly, at least, as, at the time that we are we are recording this, suddenly it became controversial mm. and even politicized, it, like heavily. Like whoa! And I was looking the news, like what what is this? So it's like I don't know what. There's two aspects here. Yeah, this is something new, and there's some heavy pushback. And then is it because it's at the core that the idea of the 15-minute city, or how, how do you see this?
0: Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I I love to say also thank you to Professor Carlos for for bringing this concept to our cities and uh, also like he has a new book coming out in twenty twenty four I think March or May so uh, stay tuned. The thing is here why people resisting or don't want this because it's a huge change for some cities uh, and. Like the city governments or governance, they are afraid of taking this change because it requires a lot of action plans and changes and so on. And as we human, we like to be and to stay in our comfort zone. And I imagine all the losers like the leadership, and it's not like a true leadership, who are going to go against any concept tells that we should make a, a city for people. So not it, it's not only like 15 minutes city concept, there are many others. But for me, I don't call a leadership a leadership when they say, no, this is a concept, it's just like a a trash talk, and no, we just do business as usual. This is not a leadership when you're not prioritizing people. When it comes to 15 minutes city, I think it's a gift for us, because finally we have a common language and concept that we can sit around and talk and remind ourselves that cities should be for people and not for cars or, I don't know, something else. So I think it's a good concept and a lot of cities starting to adapt it to, to work towards this vision. Of course, it's not about the 15 minutes, like the, the number. It's more about like this, the principles. The services, the proximity, the time we save, the energy we save, the, the solidarity when we, when we meet each other in the public spaces. So for me, I think I'm happy because during all these challenges we are facing, now we have something, some vision, some concept that we can, can sit and talk and dream about and work toward. You know? like, and it's become very viral because of uh, the mayor Anne Hildago, in Paris, mm-hmm. pushed for pushed for it, and here comes the leadership. Uh, some leaders push for something else, and pushing for for uh, for the 15 minute city concept, which is about making cities for people. And here we say the differences in in the leaderships pushing for cars, highways, or you push for greenery and public spaces and and people living close to each other, creating life so you think this this principle
1: of of 15 city can be applicable for any city regardless okay not immediately of course that but any city europe america
0: somewhere no, no. else no it's it's not it's not like it's not applicable like you copy paste it and uh, voila you have the 15 minute city mm-hmm. diagrams and so on because cities built in different ways and different distance and different topography and culture and so on. The thing here is about 15-minute city. It's about the, the vision. Uh, okay, it doesn't need to be like the exactly 15-minute city. It mm. could be, I don't know, 10, 20, but it's about the principles that we should take. I take to Stockholm, you take to Finland and so on to, to, to apply it. So we walk. we take our cities one step closer to this vision. One, two, three, like in the different principles, which is in the end, enhance the, the biodiversity, the, the social sustainability, and this is a circular economy. So if it's applicable in every single city, like copy pasting, no, of course not. Some, t- some cities already have this grid, which makes makes it easier for them to be 15-minute city. Some of the city, no, like really forget about 15-minute city because like they are so much separated, like different functions, different areas. but. It's a concept. It's a vision. So we can walk to. Or see how
1: can we really adapt or apply that to our to yeah. our reality to our concrete city. Yeah, exactly. You are doing a lot of things, Mustafa, and uh, as you said, well, you are hoping that you have um, you leave something that will live for a long time in in whatever project or whatever city you a project you have been you have been working with. How would you like to be remembered, like in 10 years, 20 years, when maybe none of us will be around here? But how, how would you like that the people remember
0: Mustafa? I think for me, the most important how people will remember me is when they listen to the stories I'm recording now. So they can compare. So they can compare what cities have been before. I don't know, 10 years, 100 years. And what they achieved. Hopefully what we are doing now is going to be good for the future listeners or future citizens of this planet. So what i what I want to leave or to be remembered is like uh, this documentation of different stories of my colleagues, uh, me, my colleagues, we are so busy and working in a project, you know, 24 seven and don't have the time to tell a story to the public about what we are creating, what, what change are we bringing to, to our cities. So apart from all the projects that I'm doing and I'm very proud of, and I love people living in this area will remember and say, ah, oh, one day there was a guy with the name Mustafa, he did this, and we are so happy, rest in peace, Mustafa. What I love to be remembered more is like for this collective storytelling about cities. Storytelling, exactly. When we you were you were explaining this,
1: uh, that's the first word that came that came to mind. So, is that some is is storytelling one of the key skills that the urban practitioners may develop? Yeah, technicalities and building your spec and putting in place all the things, but it's not just that. But how you tell the story
0: behind what you are creating? Of course, of course, it's like for me it's the absolutely most important thing because like through the history storytelling was the 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 connection between different uh, nations civilizations and even now you see a lot of pol- political cities and or companies selling a lot of bullshit when it comes just because they talk a lot trash talk mm-hmm. and they convince people at the same time people who are actually doing the 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 real change the positive impact They should also be good in storytelling and tell people what they're doing. Uh, It comes from like a meeting one-to-one in a company talking about, I don't know, uh, street water, people and so on, up to talking to the public. So storytelling, we need to tell story to communicate what we're producing or what we want. So people who listen to us understand us. Otherwise, how can we work together? How can we innovate and how can we make a positive change if we cannot, like, tell our ideas and communicate them and tell the story? How How are we going to achieve the 17 goals if we don't communicate and collaborate and tell the stories in a a clear way so everyone understands each other? So, of course, storytelling, communication skills, number one. There you go.
1: Not just making, literally making the place with explaining why you are doing it and what is behind, and for the community, what the community is getting out of, out of this. Yeah. This has been super insightful, Mustafa. Is there anything that you would like to a message for all those urban practitioners out there that may or may not be that skilled in, in, in storytelling, or they are like wondering where, where to go or where? Uh, is there any message that you will send?
0: Yeah, there are a lot of messages. Maybe we keep them to two things, two messages. One, when it comes to storytelling, is about uh, practicing. You know, nothing comes. Like all of us, no one was born with this public speaking or or storytelling skills. There's something to practice, you know, day by day, day by day, and until you you, you feel you're comfortable with talking, with communicating, and so on. Uh, Many people think, like, I'm... I'm good in talking and public speaking or, or communicating.
1: Because and you are anyway, by the <laughs> Thank
0: way. <laughs> you. Thank you. If you go back in time, I was pretending sick in university, so I don't stand with my group to present a project. Really? So I was, I was, yeah, I was hiding and, and, and so on. If you ask my family and tell them Mustafa now, Mustafa, five years ago, they will tell you it's another person. But then I saw the benefit of, of, of good, being good in communicating. That's why I start like, okay, slowly, slowly, slowly practicing. And now I'm here a few years, I will be somewhere, but and so on. So it's not, it's not impossible. Like think if Mustafa could do it, the one who who was hiding and, and running away from classes and presentation, he could do it. So anyone could, can do it. This one, the second one is about, uh, it's not about projects, not about design. It's about ourselves. That we should reflect and understand what we want what the value of what we create and what is our mission in this life. That's very fine if, if we don't know what but at least start to think, start to reflect because we, we work a lot different project from one project to another project we are, have busy private life life is like it's short and, 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 and time flies so it's good to take a moment think like about yourself, what what we do what we create if we like this if we don't and so on so a moment of reflection is is needed a lot especially for us working with making cities for people imagine every line we draw can have an impact on people's life later so we should really be careful with what we do and and think about it every
1: line we draw will have an impact on people. Yes. Mustafa, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today with with us and uh, hopefully we can catch up the next time, the next year, when we have your next big project. Thank you so
0: much, Mustafa. Thank you so much for inviting me and I love the name of the podcast. Every time I (laughs) type the name of my podcast, your podcast shows up, but so it's a good friendship. Keep up the good work
1: by actually that's why I was I was going to close like that because I know that you you close it like that but hey yeah thank you so much and this is the purpose or this is the reason why we started also this initiative is to share ideas to give a voice to give the a voice to interesting people who have something interesting to say and this is for the benefit of course of our our community and for the benefit of building Liverpool cities in the end. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, see you next time. Moi moi! Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast, a production of Upano Infra, the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.